Okay, so we're back onto biology. I've been going down a bit of a muscular system rabbit hole. I've spoken before about this idea of systems within the body. I've done a good bit on the central nervous system, which is not just the brain, but the brain and all the neural fibers that permeate your entire body, essentially. And I've mentioned that the we have a, a bone system that we call our skeleton. And we have a digestive, a digestive system. The digestive system is probably a good example. So just in relation to systems, when we think of digestion, we usually think of you know our gut or our stomach. But the digestive system, as far as I'm concerned at least, it starts at your mouth and it ends with your anus. Because in order for something, in order for your body to digest something in the first place, it has to enter the body. And that's where it enters. It enters via the mouth and there's always a, a, a waste product in relation to digestion. And that waste product is either through the through urine, through the penis, or through stools, through the anus. So the system, the digestive system, isn't just about your digestion. It's how it gets in and how it gets out. So it's everything from the hole at the top of your body to the hole at the bottom of your body. But anyway, so that's systems generally. What I'm going to focus on today is the muscular system. Okay, So the muscular system is made up of over 650 different muscles. To put that into perspective, you use about 200 of them every time you take a step. So in order to lift your foot, propel it forward and put it down, you're using about 200 muscles. So for the most part, we pretty much use all our muscles all the time. Because when I said to take a step, I'm very much isolating the step. If I was to do a jumping jack or to roll on the ground or to run or whatever else, your odds are you're going to be using you know, 645 of the 650 muscles that you have. The idea being that it's a system, it works together. One piece is useless without another piece. So the muscular system, 650 muscles in total. There's three types, okay? So I'm gonna dispense with the, the smaller two first and then we'll focus on the bigger two. So the smallest of them, is called cardiac muscle. Okay, so there's three types of muscle. One of them is called cardiac muscle. And as the word cardiac might suggest, these muscles are only found in your heart. Okay, so we can just get that. We can put that to one side for a minute. Your heart, which is muscles, but also an organ because it has a, a specific function, is made of cardiac muscles. There's three types of muscle and your heart is made of cardiac muscle. And the only place you can find cardiac muscle is in your heart. So we put that one to bed. The next one then is called a smooth muscle. And a smooth muscle lines blood vessels and organs and your intestines and your uterus. And I can put that aside. The other type is what's called skeletal muscles. And that's, that is literally all the other muscles throughout your body. Okay, and these things, they attach, these skeletal muscles, they move your skeleton around basically. And the way that the muscles are attached to your bones are via tendons okay i mentioned in a previous episode that i didn't know the difference between a tendon and a ligament so a tendon attaches muscles to bone skeletal muscles to bone and ligaments connect bones to other bones so that's the three types of muscles smooth muscles which line blood vessels and organs and intestines and uteruses and things like that cardiac muscles which are only in the heart and then everything else which are skeletal muscles Okay, all three are made up of a fundamental building block called a cell. You may have 
heard me mention that in a previous episode. And these cells are called muscle cells. They're also known as muscle fibers. So if you ever hear of anybody talking about muscle fibers, all they're talking about is muscle cells, which is uh, the fundamental building block of muscles. So muscles, muscle fibers or muscle cells come in bundles and these bundles receive signals from our central nervous system that make them contract and make us move. Okay. Now, just specifically in relation to movement, there are a couple of things that move in our body that aren't musculature. And I'm just going to mention them so that we can kind of put them aside. The first one is sperm cells. So, you know, the little tadpole lads that swim along. That's not muscle. That's a type of movement that happens in your body that's nothing to do with muscles. The next one then are what are Willa. The next one is something that's called cilia. Now these are little hair-like structures that are in our airwaves, our airways, should I say, and they aren't muscles. The third then is a certain type of white blood cell. I don't know what type of white blood cell. I don't know how it moves or why it moves or anything of the sort. The only reason that I'm mentioning this is there are three known ways that things can move within our body that aren't moved specifically by muscles. And it's sperm cells, cilia, which are little hair-like structures in our airways, and certain types of white blood cells. Now, in relation to movement, there's three types of movement. And I'm going to do two straight away because there are they're essentially opposites of each other. They're contracting and relaxing. So three types, one of them is contracting and one of them is relaxing. And I can kind of show you this. So if you extend out your right hand with your palm facing the ceiling, your arm fully extended, find the crease in your elbow. From the crease in your elbow to your shoulder, that muscle that's facing the ceiling, that's your bicep. And if you bring your hand to your face by bending your elbow, you're contracting your bicep and when you contract your bicep you shorten it and that's why it kind of bulges now in order for that to happen the muscle that's on the opposite side of your arm so outstretch your right hand again with your palm to the ceiling from your from the crease of your wrist to your shoulder that muscle there that's facing the ceiling that's your bicep now on the opposite side of your arm the piece that's facing the floor the other side of the bone that runs through your arm, that's the tricep. Now, in order for your hand to be able to come towards your face and bend your elbow and contract your bicep, in order for that to happen, you're doing two things. You're contracting your bicep, but you're also importantly, importantly relaxing your tricep. And the same then is true of the opposite. So if you have your outstretched arm, you bring it towards you, when you let it back down again, you're relaxing your bicep and you're contracting your tricep. So they're the two main types of muscle movement, contracting and relaxing. Contracting, you're shortening the muscle, relaxing, you're lengthening the muscle. Now the third type is when your arm is just outstretched. It's not lifting up and it's not lifting down, it's just staying there. Now the reason it doesn't flop down by your side is because your muscles have stiffened. They're, the, the bicep and the tricep are effectively not, not fully contracting, but almost contracting. So they're, so they're stiff, so they're rigid. It's what allows us to stand upright. We're not contracting muscles per se, we're just stiffening them. So your back is full of, of the type of muscles that, that stiffen more so than, than contract, say, or would, would be stiff more often than they're contracting. So just to repeat that small bit, there's three types of muscle movement, contracting, relaxing, and essentially stiffening or becoming rigid. 
Now, I mentioned a minute ago that there are that the fundamental building blocks of muscles are fibers, and there's two different types of fibers. So there's two different types of muscle cell, slow and fast. So to give you an analogy alert, to give you an idea of what type of a person would have a majority of slow muscle fibers would be a marathon runner because they're endurance cells. They help you pace yourself. So what you want from a marathon runner is a sustained level of activity over a very long period of time. Now, fast muscle fibers or muscle cells are the opposite of that. They instantly kick in and are very strong, but don't last very long. So sprinters who, let's say, run the 100 meters, they want all their energy expelled as fast as humanly possible to get them from zero to 100 meters as fast as they can. So their bodies are full of fast twitch muscle fibers or fast twitch muscle cells. Okay, remember, there's two different types of muscle fibers. Sprinters want fast muscle fibers and marathon runners run or marathon runners want slow muscle fibers and you can literally see this in the difference between a picture of a marathon runner and a picture of a sprinter broad sweeping generalization alert marathon runners look like they're terminally ill they tend to be very gaunt and have little to visibly no muscle tone sprinters on the other hand tend to be fucking jacked as fuck okay they tend to be you know, much broader, much more substantial and have far more muscle mass. And this muscle mass in sprinters is fast twitch muscle fibers. Now, where you're going to find everyone has slow and fast twitch muscle fibers. But to just hammer home the point, the muscle fibers in your legs are going to be predominantly fast muscle fibers. Because we often get up and run around and walk around. You're going to have a certain percentage of fast twitch muscle fibers and slow twitch, to be fair, in your legs. But because your legs do so much heavy lifting, like literally, they literally move you around the fucking place, you're going to need a good mix of both. Now, in your back, your back is going to have predominantly slow twitch muscle fibers because they're constantly in a state of rigidity. They're not lifting heavy loads typically. They can, obviously, but typically, they just stay rigid. Because if they don't stay rigid, you just flop over and fall onto the ground. Now, one thing that I haven't mentioned so far is what controls them. I have, I've said in passing that muscles are controlled by the central nervous system. But I want to dig into that a little bit deeper. Because I've mentioned before, about I've, I've, I've briefly covered the central nervous system. Just to cover it again. The central nervous system is essentially made up of your brain, which is encased in skull in your head, and by neural fibers that are that permeate your entire body. But I've split the brain itself into three component parts. The brainstem, the cerebellum, and the cerebrum. And I'm going to talk about those three areas specifically in relation to muscles. So remember when I said that there were smooth muscles and cardiac muscles? Well, they're controlled by your brainstem. Okay, because your brainstem is a real base function part of your central nervous system. It looks after the fucking, the really base stuff, you know, breathing, heartbeat, digestion, uh, pooing, all that really base stuff, like the types of things that slugs do. 
that's what looks after all of that. So when I say to myself, oh sorry, it, that, that's actually a key point. I don't say anything to myself. My heartbeat just beats, my gut digests, and I've no control over that whatsoever. It's a really base function. That's in the brain that's controlled by the brainstem. So your your smooth muscles which are around your blood vessels, your intestines, your other organs, your uterus, and your cardiac muscle, which is essentially your heart, that's all controlled by the brainstem. Now the skeletal muscles on the other hand, which are all the other muscles, the cerebrum controls those. So they're somewhat below our conscious awareness so i consciously say i'm going to get up out of my seat and walk across the room so you are consciously aware of it but your brain isn't specifically like you're not thinking to yourself oh fuck i better contract my glute and relax my hamstring to walk across the room it happens automatically so for general movement walking jumping running all that kind of crack that's your cerebrum sorry your cerebellum that looks after that but for finer motor skills like threading a needle, your cerebrum gets involved in that because you have to really concentrate and think about what you're doing. Every little micro movement, you're like, oh, fuck, just missed it. Oh, fuck, just missed it. In a way that you don't think when you're running across a road. It's far more automated. And just to throw in a couple of fancy words, it's your, it's your autonomic nervous system that controls your smooth muscles, so your blood vessels, organs, heart, digestion, sneezing, all that kind of stuff, which is beyond our control. And then it's the somatic nervous system, which is in your cerebrum, that controls the skeletal muscles. And that's essentially it. I have a couple of, of asides that I'm going to throw in, which I think are, are, are kind of cool. Muscles use energy. And a byproduct of this energy being used, in a similar way, I suppose, when you when you light a fire, energy gets used, it gets consumed by the fire, and there's a waste product, which is ash and heat. Now, I don't think we have an equivalent for ash, but we certainly produce heat as a byproduct of our energy, or sorry, as a byproduct of our muscles using energy, heat is created. And this heat that's created as a byproduct from our muscles being used creates 85% of what makes you a warm-blooded animal which I thought was cool and another thing that I thought was cool was your cardiovascular system so your your heart being the pardon the pun heart of your cardiovascular system its job is to obviously pump blood and oxygen around the body but it also serves a ve another very important function which is dispersing heat because as you can imagine, if you go run a marathon, if you go run 42.2k, the muscles in your legs are going to be used a hell of a lot more than the muscles in the other parts of your body. So you'd imagine that your legs would be fucking roasting, you'd have to throw water over them. But your legs don't get really any hotter than the rest of your body. And that's because your heart, your cardiovascular system rather, works as a cooling system as well as a system that you know, spreads nutrients and oxygen and blood and whatever else throughout the body so I just thought that was a, a cool aside the last thing I want to mention about muscles is muscles are meat that's what that's what meat is meat is the muscles of animals so if you've ever had a chicken fillet or a, um, a chicken breast that's the muscle that powers the wing of a chicken if you've ever had a chicken drumstick 
the bone in that is the thigh bone of the chicken. It's the leg bone of the chicken. And the meat that's around that leg bone are the skeletal muscles that move that chicken around the place. My favourite type of steak is a fillet steak. And one of the reasons that I like fillet steaks is because they're tender. But the reason that they're tender is because they're a back muscle. They're not a heavy lifting muscle. The heavy lifting muscles tend to be tougher. So there! There's the fucking muscular system for you. 16 and a half minutes. I'm fucking happy enough with that. What I want to do next, I fucking no idea, but I'm liking the way this is going. I'm, I'm liking what I'm learning. I'm liking that I'm able to pair what I'm learning from one system along another system. And hopefully I'll get to, I might do the skeleton next or the digestive system next. Or I'll keep going with the systems, I think. And hopefully I'll be able to kind of tie them all in together. Because again, the thing to remember, I suppose, about all these different types of systems is they all work together. And it's, you have to learn. And I think this is this, I, I think this is something that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize. Is that in order to teach something, or at least for me, the best way to teach something and the best way for me to learn something is to cast a wide net and get a very broad picture. So you do that on one hand. On the other hand, you need to know what the fundamental building blocks are. You need to know what, what you need to know about the pixels that make the picture. But you you can't just start from the pixel and work your way out, and you can't just start from a broad picture and work your way back down to the minutia, to the component parts. You need to do a little bit of both. That's what I'm kind of. That's where I'm kind of getting with this, I think. And I've said it before, when I'm teaching martial arts, I teach you on your first day everything there is to know, essentially. But really low resolution. I get the fundamentals right. And then the next time and the next time and the next time that you come, we just go over the same shit all the time, but you're, you're, adding, you're adding definition, you're adding resolution, you're getting a clearer picture of what it is that you're doing. And I seem to be going about learning about biology generally the same way that I've learned and teach or try to teach martial arts so that's just something that's coming out of the wash for me and something that i just find really fucking interesting because it's going to it's going to help me move forward in what it is or whatever it is that i'm striving to do here and on that note i'll chat you soon